Hello, and welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Robbie. Today, Home the Haunters, as we look at five great home invasion horror movies. As always, if this is your first time checking out the show, hit that subscribe button so you can get the episodes as soon as they come out, and if you leave us a lovely review, it always helps. So the first film we're going to be looking at is Them from 2006, also known as Ills in its native language, which is French. So it is a 2006 French-Romanian horror film directed by David Morris and Xavier Palude. This intense and intimate home invasion horror movie will make you think twice about spending a weekend in the countryside. What starts as a few strange disturbances turns into a full-on fight for survival. There were a few reveals and twists to keep you on your toes, and as always with a home invasion movie, there's an interesting motive, and the final reveal is something that will kind of always stay with me. The film bills itself as being based on true events, and the true story is supposed to be based on an Austrian couple killed by three teenagers in the Czech Republic, which apparently is also the same story that went on to inspire the strangers, but I unfortunately couldn't find out any details about this case. There's also some interesting subtext within them, um, and I've seen that floating around online regarding the way in which the, the film is basically a commentary on the French culture and a way of life being attacked by Eastern European immigration. Interestingly enough, the film came out in 2006, and that's the same year that Romania joined the EU. If I can get Seb out of the basement and I can convince him to cover the episode, then hopefully we can discuss that a bit more in depth. So the film is only 74 minutes, so it's quite well paced and it doesn't take long to get into the rhythm. The second film is The Collector from 2009, and this is a home invasion movie with a twist. When an ex-con man attempts to carry out one last heist to pay off his ex-wife's debt, he breaks into a house only to find out that someone else has already broken in and set deadly booby traps around the house. Originally named The Midnight Man and conceived as a prequel slash origin story for John Kramer of the Saw series, the idea was eventually canned and it was turned into its own story. You've got to suspend a bit of disbelief for the film. There's all sorts of traps appearing all over the house and just randomly spawning in, but we do get two great contrasting characters. Arkin, the main character, is a pretty complex character. A reformed convict who wants to stay out of trouble, but is called back into his criminal past for moral reasons initially. And then as the film develops, his bond with the family and the daughter play a central role in his actions. And contrasting with him, we have the enigmatic collector, an antagonist who we know minimal information about, apart from the fact that he collects people. There's no background or motivation as to why he's collecting this people, and he's a very mysterious character. He wears a strange mask and these weird contact lenses that make his eyes shine bright. He stalks around the home, and him and Arkin play out this cat and mouse game, and they're always trying to stay one step ahead of each other. The film switches between these eerie moments of quiet as they both creep around the house and other moments of terror and torture which would fit in with its torture porn roots. The film did go on to have a sequel which I can't really remember off the top of my head but it did seem to follow the saw blueprint of increasing the traps and turning up the spectacle and kind of lost some of that intimacy about it. You're Next from 2011. It's hard to call this film a hidden gem or a cult horror because it was pretty profitable, earning at around $26 million on a $1 million production budget. And it's a film that people often talk about fondly. It just seems to have been released and then rarely talked about. It's a great film and it's one that I love. So directed by Adam Wingard, who went on to do films such as The Guest, Blair Witch 2016, and Godzilla and King Kong. It was also written by Simon Barrett, who also wrote The Guest, Blair Witch 2016, and is actually writing the Godzilla and King Kong 
sequel. So I don't know whether that's a rematch. I don't know, but I was pretty convinced that Godzilla won. Like, let's be honest. The film revolves around a dysfunctional family who meet up at a vacation home in rural Missouri, and in the middle of the family dinner, they're attacked by masked men, and they have to fight for their survival. The film is fun and it's bloody, filled with some tense moments and good, if not predictable twists. Erin is a great, often unsung final girl who proves herself resilient and resourceful. If her background of being trained by her survivors father does feel ever so slightly forced and out of place but it doesn't ruin the film or anything like that so it's kind of only a major gripe that i have the film strikes a good balance between dark comedy and tension and never feels like it's leaning too much into one so that the other feels out of place or doesn't really land the film is intense when it needs to be but never overly serious that it doesn't allow itself to have fun with the material or the set pieces and it's another film that doesn't really outstay its welcome at around 94 minutes long Hush, from 2016, is a much more intimate and solitary affair as compared to some of our previous choices. Hush tells the story of a deaf-mute woman who leaves behind New York City to go and live an isolated life in the woods. After a serial killer targets her friend, the killer discovers our protagonist Maddie's condition and decides to add her to his list of victims. Written and directed by husband and wife team Mike Flanagan and Kate Seagal, I think it's how he pronounced it, definitely not related to Steven Seagal. The film is beautifully shot, and whilst they don't fully lean into the idea of the film being silent, uh, the limited use of sound when we're following Maddie around makes things extremely tense. In the same way as in The Strangers, where we see these killers lurking around in the background, we get this amplified in Hush, in my opinion, because of the power imbalance between Maddie and the killer. With only five cast members, it's not a film that has a large body count, but what it lacks in body count, I feel it makes up for intention. And being a film that doesn't have a large amount of dialogue, it has to hook you in other ways. A short side note is that I've been so conditioned by early 2000s that I can't say hush without singing the LL Cool J song, so I I apologise for that and I'm not going to break out into it. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And please leave us a lovely review, as it really does help the show grow. And it means the world to both me and Seb. And the final film I'm going to talk about is Don't Breathe, from 2016 as well. Written and directed by the same team behind the Evil Dead remake in 2013, Fili Alvarez and Rodo Sayagas, I believe maybe, bring us a home invasion film with a twist. After three friends who make their living through burglary get trapped in the house of a blind war veteran, they find out that there's actually more going on in the house than they realised. Working in contrast to the Evil Dead remake, Alvarez works more on suspense and less on the blood and gore. The first act of the film focuses on the gang stealthily moving around the house and avoiding the blind old man, who's played brilliantly by Stephen Lang. And the tension is incredibly high as we have scenes without sound as Stephen Lang is tracking people down or investigating noises. Around halfway into the film, there's a really great twist and the horror is brought to a whole new level and it's something that I wasn't really expecting, which is why I won't mention it in case people haven't seen the film. A cat and mouse dynamic is often a central point in home invasion horror movies. And like The Collector, it's great to have a twist on the formula. Our main characters, who are committing a criminal act and are the ones who are actually breaking into the house, end up playing that mouse role. And the blind man whose house is getting broken into is a far more evil predator than any of us expected. The film did receive a sequel or a prequel in 2021, but to be honest, I never got around to watching it. I believe it got mixed reviews and there were many people wondering why they shifted this blind man into an anti-hero after kind of what happens in Don't Breathe. 
And that's it for our home invasion horror movies. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, then come and let us know what you thought about it on our Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at CMTH Podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. And we will see you next week. And remember to check the locks.